Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. This week we saw new Google hardware in the form of a router. SmurfThings Hub V2, ready to ship, and Revolve support comes to a quiet end. That plus an interview with Ram Alsani, CEO of Securify, maker of the Almond Plus router. All this on an all-smart home hub special here at the Smart Home Show. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, this is Mike Wolf. Welcome to the Smart Home Show. It's a show about hubs. Hubs in particular, lots and lots of hubs. And not only do I have my own thoughts about the latest news this week, as there is a lot of hub news, I also have an interview with Ram Alassani, the CEO of Securify, who created the first really mainstream or kind of high-volume router slash hub in the market. I know that Lynx has tried it, a few others have tried it, uh, but in terms of like a home router combined with the Smart Home, uh, Almond Plus is really the only one that has done any significant volume that I'm aware of. And so I wanted to catch up with Rom and talk to him about the recent news that Google is going to ship out their own router hub called OnHub. And that's what I will be talking about at the top of the podcast. I want to talk a little bit about that, the news, get you guys up to date what's happened there. Also talk a little bit about smart things and the news that came out of uh, that company this week. And also just a uh, real quick update you on Revolve, which uh, basically has hit the hub graveyard a while ago, but uh, they're also pulling the life on on all support. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well. So let's first talk about the OnHub. For those of you who don't know, Google announced this week their own router called the OnHub that has all sorts of cutting-edge Wi-Fi technology in it. The thing that they really pointed out and really talked about is they wanted to make a better Wi-Fi router. But you also notice, if you look at the specs, if you look at read the fine print, this thing also has plenty of smart home power packed into it in the form of Bluetooth radio as, as well as a Zigbee thread radio. It's also built using Brillo, which is the company's smart home and IOT software stack derived from Android, a very thin and kind of slimmed down software stack that they came out and announced a few months ago at their big IO event. And so really, this thing is as much about smart home as it is as much about being a home router and a Wi-Fi device. And that makes things really interesting. And he started to wonder what this means for a Nest. What does it mean for the other groups within Google doing smart home stuff? What does it mean for the broader industry at large in terms of other router manufacturers and other smart home manufacturers? Well, I have some opinions on all this. First, Nest. You know, as you may have noticed last week or so, they did a, a new company. They did a, a shuffling around of things. They announced Alphabet, which is the new parent company of Google, and that Nest would be under Alphabet. We've also talked in the past about how all the efforts around Brillo and core smart home platform stuff is going to remain with Google. I wrote uh, a while back when we started talking about Brillo and Weave that a lot of the Brillo work is coming out of a group managed by a guy named Craig Barrett, who actually came from Qualcomm slash Atheros. He was the president of Atheros, which was a cutting-edge Wi-Fi chip maker. They were one of the companies that was doing uh, very cutting-edge stuff around MIMO Wi-Fi. And not so coincidentally, he's been at Google for the last couple of years. 
And so when they started to talk about doing interesting things around uh, IoT platforms, you know, I heard from a couple sources that he was involved. And I've heard around this new router called OnHub that he's the guy and his group is the guy that is driving this thing. And this makes a lot of sense because a lot of the the innovation, the cutting-edge technology in the OnHub router that they announced this week is based on Wi-Fi and using MIMO technology. So that's all very interesting. And you can start to connect the dots. And that's where things sit, I think, within Google slash Alphabet. This is obviously affiliated with the broader smart home efforts within Google. It's working with the folks from Nest in that they are incorporating Thread technology, or at least a NATO 2.154 radio, which was an initiative that really, I think, the, the genesis of which was at Nest, but has since been spun out into the Thread group. The Thread group, I don't think, belongs necessarily to any Google organization at this point because they try to make that a true industry standard. But you can kind of see the, the web that they are weaving and all the different dots you could connect between all these various efforts, if you look closely. What does this mean for other home router manufacturers? Well, I think for one, home router, the home router category is a commoditized one. I mean, there probably isn't a more commoditized piece of home computing and technology equipment that is more commoditized than the router. I mean, you could buy a router for $30 at Best Buy at this point, $30 to $40. And so I think that these guys operate on razor-thin margins. And tech, typically, they haven't been all that great at developing their own technology. Usually, a, a lot of the routers are based on Really, the, the, the majority of the technology is based on uh, Wi-Fi technology that has been provided to them from a chipset manufacturer. Um, they may be using uh, an ODM or an OEM based in Taiwan or somewhere where a lot of the work has been done there. And if you look at the software on these things, if you ever try to log into the, the, the internal web server and the internal software within these routers, they all have very clunky user interfaces. So I, I think that, by and large, these guys aren't necessarily doing a lot of value-add into their routers other than packing in the latest Wi-Fi chip. So I think one thing that could be really attractive to them is saying, hey, why not make the router more valuable by making it also the center of the smart home? You know, there's only really been one company that's done that, uh, I think, actively over the last couple of years. That's SecureFi with with, uh, with their Almond Plus router. We are talking to Ram Alsani in the second half of the show to get his opinion on what happened with, with Google and OnHub this week so you can hear a little bit of his perspective. But more generally, if you look across the home router landscape, if you look at guys like Netgear, if you look at guys like Linksys, Belkin, if you look at guys like D-Link, I don't think there's a lot of difference between these different technologies. And so I think that it makes sense that they would potentially use core technology from a software perspective that can make these things more powerful and also make their devices more relevant. Will they potentially be further commoditized and give Google more control? Possibly. But it's not as if they aren't already a commoditized product and there's not a lot of differentiation within their products other than what they do with their, their marketing and their packaging. Um, sure, you may say Linksys is better than D-Link, etc. But by and large, these guys are all using the same underlying technology with a very little, in my opinion, uh, extra work done other than some, some industrial design work as well as a little bit of work around the interface software. I think a lot of the core technology is actually being developed by the likes of Broadcom and other folks, Marvell. These guys make the chips that go into these routers. 
So I think it could be a win. What does this mean? The next question is, what does this mean for smart home hub makers? Well, as you guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast or reading some of my writing, I felt for a while that the smart home hub itself is a device that is in jeopardy of ultimately being swallowed and subsumed by other product categories. And I've always pointed at the home routers, although most likely, you know, alongside things like set-top boxes, etc. I think that some who have pointed out that you can't get rid of the, the hub function are right. I think I've heard this from folks like Mike, Mike Susi, or I've heard this from folks like Brett Worthington at Wink. Um, they pointed out that you really can't get rid of the, the hub. And that's right in the sense that you need this functionality, but it can be subsumed by other products. And I don't think they would necessarily disagree with that, but you need that function. You need this device that connects all these different radio interfaces, all these different air interfaces together and lets them communicate as a protocol translation, etc. And so I think that the hub has been very necessary up to this point. It still continues to be necessary until at the point where we see this capability built into things like a home router that has Zigbee or Z-Wave, has things like Thread in it, has enabling technology and the radio interfaces in it to do this. And I think we're starting to get to that point. And I think that's the worldview and the vision that I think Google has. Now, the last conversation about that that's interesting is, well, what is Google and their OnHub vision? How is that viewed internally from folks like Nest who are trying to push the Nest thermostat as the center of the smart home? Well, I think that these guys are coming at it from multiple angles. If you're at the top of Google or now at the top of Alphabet and you're, you're Sergey O'Leary, you say, well, we want to control the connected home. Let's try to get at this problem from a bunch of different angles. And I think this is the way they tackle lots of different problems. So they're getting at it from a core technology perspective by looking at standards like Thread. They're saying, let's build core technology in the form of a software stack. Here's Brillo. Here's Weave, a new protocol. Oh, by the way, we have our own branded products that we're, call, that we're calling Nest. And oh, oh, by the way, we want to do a proof of concept around Brillo to show everyone how to really do home router, much like we did with Android and built the Nexus One and showed everyone how to do a smartphone. We're going to do that with an OnHub, and we're going to build our own router. And I think that in a couple of run-on sentences is essentially what Google's strategy is. So you'll hear a little bit more about that uh, in my conversation with Rom. I do want to move on to other hub news because, again, there was uh, a lot of stuff coming out this week. Um, I think that it's interesting that all this stuff was announced at the same time uh, that SmartThings announced that they are finally going to be taking pre-orders and shipping the SmartThings Hub 2. Now, we've known for some time that the Hub 2 is coming. Uh, they announced this. They, you know, I think they even had something about this at CES. They had something on their blog in March saying, you know, we're putting this thing into the field to test it. But now they finally said we're going to be shipping this thing. And so I think uh, that's exciting for them. You can actually go and buy it on their website. You can buy it on Amazon, and it will be shipping in September. And so that's good. And it's also, I think, good timing for them because, quite honestly, at the same time you've seen Wink imploding and you've seen uh, other things like the Revolve hub support going away, and we'll talk very briefly about that at the end of this segment, um, I think it's good timing for SmartThings because they've been the one new generation hub manufacturer that has largely been consistent, has strong financial backing now with Samsung, and hasn't had a lot of problems in the field. I mean, I think obviously uh, Wink has had problems. Um, you haven't seen problems from the likes of like Lowe's Iris, but I think, again, outside of uh, outside of Lowe's Iris, SmartThings has really been the most stable one out there, uh, in my opinion, of the new generation of products. There was also the news this week that came in in the last uh, day or two that SmartThings will be integrating with Amazon Echo. It was on their blog. They pulled it off. I don't, I don't know why they blogged about it and then pulled it off. You could find it on the cache. I think Dave Zatz uncovered it. 
Uh, TechCrunch then copied his story and did the same story. But if you look at uh, the news there, SmartThings is integrating with Echo. That makes a lot of sense. And I think it's it's a plus-plus for both of them because I do think SmartThings is, uh, with the Hub 2, potentially could be one of the most um, obvious choices for people looking to buy a Smart Home Hub at retail. And I also think the Amazon Echo actually is going to have a, a win-at-your-back effect for a lot of these Smart Home manufacturers because I do think that Amazon is pouring tons of money into marketing. They're getting a lot of interest in this. And if you're integrated with the Amazon Echo, I think that's an important checkoff item if you're a smart home manufacturer, equipment manufacturer. I think it's a good thing to have because I think you're going to get more demand for people who are buying Amazon Echoes. I sum all this up on my Smart Home Weekly blog. I wrote a post called, is, is it Smart Things Time to Shine? I think this might be like a good opportunity for them in the next six to 12 months to, uh, to really shine before HomeKit has really caught a stride. You know, while other smart home hub manufacturers have struggled, I think it might be time for Smart Things to really stretch its wings a little bit. We'll see where, where that goes. They've, I mean, they've been kind of quiet up to this point. They moved fairly slowly since acquisition, but this might be a good time for them to really ramp things up from a marketing perspective. Last piece of news on the on the hub front, Revolve. You may or may not remember they were acquired in an aqua hire acquisition by Google. They were a company based out of Colorado. Uh, they were notable because they had so many radios packed into their smart home hub um, including Insteon Radio, including uh, a Cassetta Lutron Radio. I mean, it was really an impressive device. And they actually were uh, acquired largely because they probably were struggling. They were probably having trouble getting more funding for another round. Um, they weren't selling a lot of these things at retail. And so they were acquired by Google, maybe perhaps a little bit mercifully. And they they end of life the product. And Google basically said that they will be using the, the engineering folks and the IP that they acquired for other products. But they didn't uh, continue the Revolve brand. And the Revolve hub itself has continued to operate and has, has continued to have support up until uh, – it will have support up until December. Um, one of the readers of my newsletter and listeners to the podcast, uh, Caleb, emailed me and said that he got a support email from the uh, team at Revolve saying that they will no longer support – the Revolve Hub after December. So I think that's interesting. You kind of have these uh, contrasting fortunes of these two companies, SmartThings and Revolve. One was acquired early for $200 million, and it's the centerpiece of a big company's brand around DIY Smart Home in SmartThings and Samsung. You have another one who kind of missed the, the boat. You know, they, they didn't get acquired um, for a big amount of money. They got acquired kind of after the fact, I think probably after they were struggling a little bit. And they've been subsumed into a big company, but their brand, by and large, is starting to disappear into the ether. Well, that's really it, folks, for my quick update on the world in Smart Home, particularly focusing on hubs this week. I have some other interesting conversations that will be coming out with uh, perhaps this weekend or early next week. I spoke uh, with the head of British Gas's Smart Home efforts, and that will be coming out very, very soon. But I just wanted to get this out to you because I thought it was an interesting piece of news. I also wanted to get my interview out to you with Ram Alassani so you can hear what his thoughts were around this recent news, as well as get an update on how they're doing over at Securify. If you want to listen to more Smart Home shows, you know where to go. Go to technology.fm. If you are at all interested in the future of the kitchen and the fusion of the kitchen with technology, go to smartkitchensummit.com. We have a really exciting lineup for this event that I'm putting together on November 5th. And if you know anyone who's creating a product for the kitchen, have them apply for our start-off pitch-off. We have the, the leading hardware accelerators in Silicon Valley coming to judge that. We have Stacey Higginbotham, 
uh, from the Internet of Things podcast coming, and she'll be a judge as well. Uh, I'd, I'd encourage you guys to get involved if you're at all interested, or tell a friend if they are creating hardware or technology in the kitchen. Uh, go to smartkitchensummit.com, check it out. All right, folks, thanks for listening. And here's my conversation with Ram Alasani. I've had you on the show before, but I thought it'd be great to have you back and talk a little bit about the evolution of the router as a smart home device. And it's obviously very timely. And part of the reason for talking about it this week is the news around Google's announcement where they announced the OnHub router. So I imagine you had a few thoughts about that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, this is uh, what we've been preaching for the past two years. Uh, It's interesting to see big guys... uh, 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 you know, uh, get interested in the same idea, and you know, it's a, it's a natural thing. Uh, you know, router is a device that's at home all the time, always connected to the internet, always on. It's also interesting that the name of the product is On Hub, uh, so it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm not surprised uh, uh, they're doing uh, uh, what we have pioneered. And just for people to have the understanding of what you guys are doing, you uh, and had the original almond router, which which and the the mission I think was to make it simple and do a better router and I think you guys accomplished that you guys really sold a ton of those you, you can just tell by looking at Amazon and then in the last year uh, you started shipping the Almond Plus which was the first router that I know of that incorporated uh, Zigbee radios in there yeah that that's how we started a great looking router great performance and stability and of course very easy to use. Uh, routers have been around for a very long time, even at, in, by, by 2012 when we launched our first product. In spite of that, there was very little innovation in routers. And I think that was that's what gave us the opportunity and opening to enter this very competitive market back then. Uh, because an average consumer was uh, very intimidated by most routers. And most people don't change their routers because they're afraid they'll mess something up while trying to set it up. And even some of my friends who have a master's and PhD in engineering, they don't like the thought of touching their router. So that's a very interesting uh, phenomenon when you think about it. You know, these are engineers, but uh, I think, yeah, simplifying the router, there's a great value in that. And I think that's what uh, I haven't seen. uh, I've seen the video, but I haven't uh, played with one of the Google routers. Uh, But uh, they claim that's one of the uh, things they do with the setup. It also has some kind of, I believe, uh, setup using speakers or Bluetooth. Uh, It was not very clear from the video. I think that um, they used, they talked about using an app. Um, and basically a smartphone app to, to set it up. And that was their, one of the things that they said would simplify the process. And I think, you know, it, it's interesting to look at the way you guys approach it versus the way they approach it. I think you, you alluded to something that was very similar in that they, they wanted to make something that was aesthetically pleasing uh, because they said, you know, when a router is ugly, people are going to stuff it in a, uh, in a desk uh, you know, in a, in a on a shelf somewhere, and that actually hurts the performance, hurts the propagation of the radios. You know, you guys had the same thought, and you made uh, a fairly good-looking router. It has that nice touchscreen. And when you start talking about touchscreens versus uh, the phones, I mean, that gets to the ease of use and setup. I mean, one of the things you guys really uh, did that was differentiated is you put a touchscreen. The first uh, router company put a touchscreen on there for touchscreen setup. They're choosing to use a smartphone 
Uh, in a way, it's a similar idea. You're just putting it all in one device. They're 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 using the mo- the mobile phone to do it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, one other thing. I noticed uh, while looking at their pages, you know, uh, one of our slogans, uh, company slogans, is routers for humans. You know, we felt uh, uh, they're really uh, typical routers are are made for IT people, you know, not for regular consumers. And um, I thought uh, maybe Google took some inspiration from us when I think one of the things they said is OnHub speaks human. So, uh, why... I wonder if they got some inspiration from us, even for that slogan. Sounds like they took some some cues yeah. from you guys. Um, and you you point to this fact that you know you have these uh, your PhD friends who are afraid to, afraid to to mess with the router. I I'm, I feel like everyone's like that. If they have something working, um, yeah, yeah, they're afraid to mess it up. Um, my, my my son changed the password on one of our routers, and it it what that did is set off a chain reaction where we had to basically. Uh, go and change the passwords on all the different uh, devices that were connected to it, and then some of them still haven't connected well. <laughs> and so it's like it's amazing how there's this cascading effect. Uh, if something goes wrong with the router, um, oftentimes that screws up everything, and then oftentimes you're you're trying to just fix things for the next few days. Absolutely, I actually this was what drove me to this idea of putting a screen back in 2011 when I had forgotten my Wi-Fi admin password one too many times and I wrote down the password somewhere. I think back then I only had one or two devices that were connecting and when a new device came on board, I yeah, I had to reset the router and you know the drill, right? And that happens. So, uh, and then uh, there was another time when I was helping my landlord uh, with her router and it was kind of embarrassing, you know, spending 20, 30 minutes doing, doing this whole process. So, I'm sure everyone can relate to that experience of uh, wasting a whole afternoon uh, messing with the router. Hmm. Talk a little bit about putting smart home uh, radio connectivity into the router and how that's been going for you guys. I mean, I know that you guys had a uh, you you really did hit uh, a home run for a first product out of the gate with your with your touchscreen router. Did fairly well. How has the second one been doing? And are you and can you tell if a lot of people are connecting smart home devices to that router? Sure. Uh, it's, uh, it was a very challenging project for us. Uh, it, it was first launched on Kickstarter uh, in 2013, and we, we started shipping it to the backers last year. Uh, so we integrated Zigbee and Z-Wave radios uh, in the Almond Plus, and it's also a, uh, a very high-end 11AC router. Uh, it's, it was received uh, uh, very well. Now, the usage rate, uh, the number of people adopt the smart home, uh, using the smart home part of the router, it's still relatively small. However, we are seeing an increase in number of people use it, and uh, we are seeing a lot of people start with um, uh, some kind of a, a security uh, solution first. So they'll connect a few door sensors and a motion detector, and then they slowly start uh, getting into other uh, interesting things like thermostats and locks. But we are seeing increasing usage, and uh, um, we also actually have a... Uh, Almond Plus uh, is is a, is a high-end router. Uh, it retails for $249. Uh, however, we released uh, a second-generation version of Almond. We call it Almond 2015, where uh, we only integrated uh, Zigbee. 
so, and that's doing extremely well. Uh, and the short answer is we are seeing adoption of smart home. Of course, not everyone is using it, uh, using the smart home functionality, but we see interesting ways to uh, actually increase the adoption. I can't talk about some of those right now, but um, we just see a lot more potential in this. Uh, let me put it that way, as in, you know, in 2012, it was just a router, a great looking router that was easy to use. You know, 2013, 2014, we integrated a, a smart home hub uh, intelligence into the router, but uh, you can expect some interesting stuff from us. So it's it's not the end of it. There is just a long way to go. And we think uh, the future has a lot more to do of router with smart home uh, going in into the router, uh, more integration, more interesting software. So we're pretty excited uh, uh, on how this is going to turn out. What do you think the results will be or the impact on the market of Google releasing their on-hub router? It seems like router makers have kind of been moving slowly. Uh, You've been seeing basically the same types of gateways and routers for the last you know, decade or so, sure, faster Wi-Fi, but no one besides you, you guys were really the first ones to do it, have tried to bring the two together. Uh, I know that, for uh, you know, back a while ago, Linksys was thinking about it, you know, before they even got acquired by Cisco, but they never really moved forward and did a whole lot there. What do you think the impact of Google will be? Do you think that other router companies will say, hey, we need to do this now? Yeah, that's an interesting uh, thing you brought up with Linksys. They tried to do a smart router, but I think it didn't do very well. I actually tried one of those. The user experience was was kind of horrible, to be honest. Um, and there are a lot of challenges from a technology perspective. I, I think that's one of the reasons why the other guys haven't. And you know, Google, of course, is is uh, is extremely good at software. And it looks like they're bringing the Chrome OS uh, uh, slash Android model to the routers um, of. So that will be interesting to watch, certainly. I think uh, I foresee more router ma- makers possibly joining uh, Google's initiative. You know, it's, it'll be interesting to speculate where the, the router goes in five or ten years. I think that it is uh, a logical place, for me at least, to see the migration of smart home capabilities to go. I think you guys were early leaders there. I think Google's kind of following your lead. Um, if you were to look five to ten years from now, um, if you were to forecast – does uh, the smart home hub start to morph and go away and, and get subsumed by the home router? Or uh, do you think it stick around, sticks around for a while? Oh, I think we don't need to wait that long. It's going to happen a lot sooner than that. I mean, uh, I think it's interesting to see that uh, uh, the Google, uh, it uh, from sources that I know, you know, the Google on hub team, uh, it's, completely independent of the Revolve team that uh, I think Nest purchased, which is a smart hub. So they, they came from a much more Wi-Fi centric, uh, router centric background. So uh, I think router is going to play a very key role in the smart home. Uh, we don't, I believe we don't even have to wait five years. Uh, I think uh, actually a lot of the hub companies are not doing that well. Uh, in terms of uh, the market penetration and uh, just, you know, Revolve got acquired by Google and I think Wink, you hear about all kinds of uh, financial troubles they're running into. Uh, I'm not sure how SmartThings is doing. Um, 
uh, they, they were kind of the early among all these players uh, but uh, i strongly believe a router is is the most logical natural place to integrate smart home um, hub and you know, it'll happen in 2 years i don't think we need to wait 5 years for this yeah i think the newest wave of smart home DIY companies that created hubs of those most of them have struggled with maybe the exception of smart things they've gotten acquired um, wink obviously shipped a lot of numbers but they as a startup they were cash trapped and we've kind of we've well documented what's happened there uh, it, I, I do think it's interesting the same week that you know Google announces on hub uh, smart things and Samsung announces the smart things too it will be shipping um, they announced it a while ago, but they've been had it out in the field for testing for a long time, and they're finally going to start shipping. So, I think you know, kind of the new generation of hub centric guys, you know, smart things is really kind of the only one that's, I think, doing that well. I think the older school guys like Vera and Instagram continue to do well in their places and in their markets, but you even see guys like Vera uh, trying to go after the service provider market because I think that's where a lot of the volume is, right? To to get a deal with like a company like Orange, um, that's I think is a one channel to market that you could potentially guarantee yourself with some more volume. And then, so the question becomes, if you start to go through service providers, you know, it would make sense to me because they're notorious. Service providers are notoriously cheap when it comes to, you know, kind of the use the old term CPE. Why wouldn't they want to integrate those things? Uh, the router and the smart home hub as they try to not only give you broadband services, but to give you smart home services as well. So I think, I think from the service provider side, you can also see those two things driven together. Yeah, absolutely. I think service providers, uh, uh, they look for efficiencies in terms of cost because when they're deploying millions of these, you know, every dollar counts. So that that will be a big driver, number one. And and I think talking of the other two examples, Vera and Insteon, I suppose traditionally they, have, they were focused much more on the installer market than direct-to-consumers. I know a lot of consumers do use them, but those are the more tech-savvy type consumers. Uh, and uh, I think with the router approach, we bring it to the masses where people who are not necessarily looking for a smart home, uh, we can introduce it to them. So that's yeah. our approach. And with Wink, yeah, they put they have a lot of numbers in terms of the install base. But then again, um, we don't know how many of them were actually sold because they ran some very aggressive promotions where they gave the hub away if you bought two light bulbs or you know some crazy promotions like gave the hub away for fifty cents. I don't know if you remember those that they were doing uh, more for most of last year. Yeah, it was a it was super aggressive, and in retrospect, um, it probably burned through their cash faster than they wanted. Then you add insult to injury with a recall, so that I think that's what really was kind of the nails in the coffin. Uh, in in fairness to Vera, I, you know the surf fighter play for them really is their um, Mios operating system side. That's an interesting company because they have both a, a consumer-facing hardware with Vera, but they also have the Mios. And that's the division that's actually done the deal with Orange. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's an interesting market with a lot of different players all kind of deploying different strategies. But I do think the service provider market is going to be an important one for a lot of these guys. Yeah, and, you know, you're seeing that uh, in, in a lot of countries – uh, already, uh, you know, Comcast and they all have their smart home offerings uh, today. And, and I think we'll see more of them. Uh, I believe I, I haven't checked. Uh, I don't think Comcast has a free tier currently. It's all, I think, uh, services that are similar to ADT type offering, managed security. 
but, but um, I yeah, it has already started, and I think it's going to be deployed more widely through service providers. Hey, well, Ram, I want to thank you for spending time with me and giving me a little bit of perspective and giving us an update on on how things are going at Securify and with Almond. Hey, thanks for having me again, Mike, and uh, I'm always happy to be on your uh, very excellent show. Well, there you go. I hope you're all caught up with what's going on in the smart home router and hub world. I hope that you found the conversation with Ram Asani interesting and informative. I know I did. If you want to find out more about Securify, just go to securify.com. Securify with an I then.com. Once again, if you're interested in the future of kitchen tech and the intersection between food and technology, go to smartkitchensummit.com. If you're interested in coming, use discount code podcast to get 15% off ticket prices. All right, folks, thanks for listening. My name is Michael Wolf. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>